Welcome to the East Main Media Podcast, a series of conversations featuring leaders in a variety of subjects, including business, politics, media, and the arts. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com forward slash podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. Now here's your host, Brian Brodeur. I am thrilled to welcome to the East Main podcast, Mitch Beinhacker and Jonathan Goodgold from Beinhacker Law. Fellas, how are you doing? Thanks for joining me. Good, good. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Now, Jonathan, you and I go way back. We've known each other uh, from the communities of Chambers of Commerce, and we bump into each other at Mexican restaurants, <laughs> Correct. which is great. And uh, Mitch, you and I recently met, and I just begged for you guys to come in and talk to me a little bit about what you're up to. So many different things. Let's start with the top end. Tell me a little bit about the law firm and what you're up to, and I'll let you go. Have sure, you. sure. The formal name of our firm is Beinhacker, Maitland, and Good Gold. John's one of the name partners. And um, we're basically a commercial law firm. I mean, we do work with small business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals. We provide some personal services to that group of people, but that's our target market. So we may be handling family law situations, or we may be handling their estate plan, but our focus is really on the commercial work that we do. We do a lot of work for medical practices, and we do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. So we have everything from commercial litigation to a business department that helps them with the drafting of documents, buying a business, selling a business, employee issues. Jonathan handles that, and he also handles our collections practice. We have a white-collar criminal attorney, especially for professionals who get in trouble with their board, uh, a hospital board or the medical board or things like that. And I'm trying to think what else we do, John. Real estate, personal and uh, residential and commercial. Oh, sure. Yeah, we do a fair amount of commercial real estate work. And full-service litigation, including a specialty in uh, insurance coverage, issues, uh, subrogation, and the like. Yeah, we work for some insurance companies, but a lot of it is plaintiff's work. So if you have a, a factory in Little Falls, let's say, for example, and you have a fire and your building burns down or your business burns down, and your insurance company believes that you have a million-dollar loss and you have a $4 million loss, we then sue your insurance company and maybe some other people that were involved. So that's the plaintiff's side of the work. Okay, so watch this. So many other lawyers might come in here, law firms, right, teams, could come in here and tell me the same thing. Yes. I'm going to come back to this. But you guys are doing some interesting things that are what I would say a little outside the box, which is why I was so interested having you come talk to me about this. You're running a couple podcasts. You're doing some networking yes. at the firm. Yes. Before I get to the podcast, which is going to be a little bit of a deep dive, the one question I have about your services is it's very diverse. You have a wide range. For example, I will speak from my experience, and we don't do business. You don't represent me or my firm. So as a business owner, you could represent me and help me in a business matter. Right. But in turn, I might turn around and say, hey, I might have an estate issue that you would fold over and also help. Correct. That's a big bonus to both entrepreneurs and small business people. Tell me why you want to 
provide a diverse array of services, yeah. whereas some law firms I know don't. Right. Well, some of it follows my trajectory in developing my career. So when I started in the business, Jonathan and I didn't even know each other back then, I was an estates and trust attorney. I've spent a lot of time working for insurance companies. I lived in Columbus, Ohio for two years working for Nationwide in their Best of America side. And I grew up around the life insurance business. My father's a, an agent since 1965 when the business was very different. So over time, what would happen is in those businesses, as I was doing estate plans and working with people, and a lot of the stuff was designing programs that the financial people could use their products in. Like, so you design trust arrangements and there's life insurance that's involved or okay. other financial products. But a lot of people that you work with are small business owners and 10 or 15 years ago, that was less, but even today, it's even more so. Yeah. So there was this overlap between working with somebody and doing their estate plan and then being a small business owner or a family-owned business. And there's a lot of integrated issues when it comes to being a small business owner, especially if it's a family-owned business. There's governance issues. There's tax issues. And every business owner has to coordinate all of their business planning with all of their estate planning. And there's opportunities to take advantage of the tax code because you own a business. There's opportunities to take advantage of employees, do special things for their employees to make sure they don't leave you, give them benefits, more reason to stay than not. And then you can't have one without the other. I'll give you an example. I am working on an estate plan right now for actually a relative of mine who started up a new company because he retired from his old company and he wanted me to do his redo his wills. He and my aunt are getting divorced, or maybe they are divorced. And we started working on everything. Well, it got very complicated because he's got these shares in this new company that they started up and he's relocating to Florida. So the planning's a little bit different and it involved trust work. And at the end of the day, I discovered that they started this business, they have all these shares and he wants his daughters to take them over someday. There's no shareholder agreement in place and it created problems when it come to the estate planning. So now I had to deal with their corporate attorney who he's out in the Midwest and now we're designing a shareholder agreement because it was a better way to do things because there's a lot of tax traps with S corporations, which is what commonly business owners have when they're small corps. Right. So it, it kind of bled over into the business planning side. So now I'm meeting with him. I'm talking to his attorney and I think in Utah and we're, we're designing this agreement to now marry with or or fit together with his estate plan. So it's a very common practice. So if you have a, an attorney who's simply a corporate attorney, this happens all the time, and they come to me for their estate plan, if I don't have the wherewithal about business planning, I'm gonna miss issues. So even if I'm not their corporate attorney, because we do everything that we do, I know what to ask, and I know when to get the corporate attorney involved and to say, well, listen, I need your corporate governance documents, your formation documents, your shareholders agreement, because I got to reference that in your will or in your trust. And with S-Corps, for example, which is a very common entity, mm -hmm. unlike LLCs, there's all kinds of traps that you could run into later on in life if somebody dies in the wrong order and you don't have the right provisions in different documents. And one may supersede another. So if you're not doing all of those things together, and this is true for the probably for the corporate executive too, but certainly for the business owner, estate planning and business planning, they're almost one and the same because their life is their business. Right. Well, we ran into that here. My wife and I recently did our estate planning, our, our wills, right? Yeah. And we had to, help me with the word, uh, the uh, continuity plan for the business. Correct, succession right? planning. Right, succession. Yeah. Right. 
and that came up. I hadn't really thought about it, and that opened up all those doors. So that's interesting. That's all under your roof. So, I mean, we have two or three episodes of podcasting just in what you just talked about. Right. But, Jonathan, I, I wanted to ping to you for a second. When we recently caught up at the firm, I came over for a quick visit and, and saw the great floor you had there, and you actually have your podcast studio in there, which is really cool. And, Jonathan, you were telling me about the networking that you were doing actually there on premises and how that was really working out for you and that both of you were really connecting to the community that way. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the space was designed with no input from me, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Well, but- hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was no input. Or, or very little. Very input. little. Um, because I merged my, because when I came in. We like to keep Jonathan on the street networking. Because <laughs> I merged my practice in, I had my own solo practice for about seven and a half, eight years. And it was a tremendous opportunity to be able to come to a bigger platform and be able to offer more services than what I do all alone. And that is what we think is the draw for us and why Mitch and I can network and grow more business together than we could separately. Sure. One and one is three. So the space is wide open on now both sides of our office. Mm-hmm. And we opened the office in July of 2015. So I remember that November we had a an open house and it was great. I mean, it was filled with people and we hadn't had the other space yet. And people are coming and going and walking around and it was open and it just was a good vibe, good feeling. And we need to do it again. But that's it was so well, good. We didn't do it again in four years. We do smaller got, events. There was probably 150 people to walk through that night. Right. At least not all at once. And from a networking perspective in general, I mean, we like showing off our office space, but we like just getting to know people. And for me, a lot of my practice is meeting other attorneys because I get a lot of referrals from other attorneys. There are a lot of attorneys that don't necessarily do what I do or we do. And there aren't necessarily a lot of attorneys that are willing to be flexible on rates or come up with creative solutions. Being a smaller sized firm and being the way we are, obviously we're in business to make money, but we are willing to work with the client and maybe take something a little differently, maybe a hybrid arrangement. Uh, I do a lot of contingency work. It's just the nature of my mm-hmm. practice. Sure. You know, if the client's a good referral from a good source, we'll reduce the rate a little bit because we want to work with you and we want to grow with you and we want to network and meet with you and get to know your business and get to know you individually. Yeah, and a hybrid arrangement is is like where Jonathan might charge them a lower hourly rate with a smaller percentage on the contingency side. So it covers our expenses and it takes a smaller chunk from the client if we get an award for them. But also the size of the firm and the team allows you to be that nimble, it seems. We're much lighter on our feet, yeah. Right. It reminds me a little bit about my team here where we have so many services under one roof and people ask me all the time, what's your ideal client? I think we even had this conversation at your firm when we first met and what's your ideal client? I say, well, it's the customer that needs all the stuff we do. Right. It may not be audio services one day, but it might be video one day or it might be a a website marketing plan. That's what's interesting to me. Let's pivot for a second. Sure. We've got to talk about your two podcasts. Okay. Both of them cover a lot of interesting ground, and uh, it really makes your team unique about educating and connecting to not only the community at large, but to potential customers and, and really just people who need to know this stuff. So, so we're on a podcast talking about other podcasts. Oh, the world's <laughs> going to explode. So you're producing two podcasts currently, DIY Legal right. 
and the accidental entrepreneur. Yes. Okay, one at a time. Tell me about DIY Legal. So the idea with DIY Legal, and they're just getting started. We have a few episodes out. The third episode's coming out in a couple weeks. was started before this, the other one you mentioned. Was to make law a little bit more accessible and a little bit less overwhelming to people when it comes to their interaction with the law. And I don't mean just on the business side, right? We walk out of our house and we get involved with the law. We get a speeding ticket, we drive through a stop sign, somebody hits us, yep. it, whatever it is. And we're constantly dealing with those issues. And a lot of people, there's things that they can handle themselves because it's too expensive to hire a lawyer. Sometimes they stick their head in the sand because they don't know what to do. We see that constantly. So with any content that we put out, even outside of the podcasting world, we try to put out content that we think is valuable to people and helps them doing stuff. Like we just released an ebook this morning on the lemon laws in New Jersey and right. what you deal with the Abbott car, the lemon law. And there's a whole litany of stuff from the state that's available to people. But it's an attempt to say, hey, this isn't as daunting as you think. If you have a problem with your car, you're not alone. There is a way to deal with this and this is how you do it. So DIY legal, we started out, our first episode was about New Jersey courts online. So the state of New Jersey, the court system has a website and there's a self-help center on the website. And you can go and file your own small claims matter. You can uh, file an eviction. You can even do your own divorce. Now, as a layperson, even though the instructions are there, it's probably still a little daunting. So we're trying to break through the, the mist a little bit. And I think the one thing that we, we noticed when we were doing it is we get calls all the time about, you know, I've got a $500 matter. I've got this person owes me $500. Where are we going with the, you know, I'm like, listen, to hire us, it's going to cost more than that. Or it's not worth me taking on a, on contingency. a contingency. right? So this provides at least some useful information to someone. And maybe they say, hey, that firm was really good. They had a great podcast. It gave me information. Right. Now, my cousin has something that might be interesting. Go check these guys out. Or it just puts the word out there and it's free publicity right. for us and drives traffic to the website and hopefully puts our name out there more because yeah. the best networking is when you're on the top of mind of people because there have been so many times, and this has happened to both of us, where we've had longtime clientele or, or friends and they're like, hey, I just talked to this one attorney and I had this matter in employment law or a trust in the states issue or something. It's like, you know, I do that sort of stuff. No, I, I, I totally forgot. I forgot. I, you know, we haven't talked in a while. And it's like, dang, that would have been nice. Right. Or well, now see, it's on their mind. This is what I found interesting is you have this diverse set of services that you're able to bring to the table. But. You're also providing the educational piece that right. literally works against you earning money. You yeah, know, so, it, that, it's funny. Yeah, well, it's an interesting comment because Jonathan and I feel the same way, that you never hurt yourself by helping people and sharing information, right? It's out there anyway. But we both of us have had conversations with other members of our firm questioning, well, why would we do that? Because then they won't use us. It doesn't work that way. Right. You know, people have needs. Jonathan doesn't want them to come to him for a $1,000 collection matter that he's going to make bring in $300 to the firm, which then gets split because we have expenses, and he walks away with $75 in his pocket. So, so he can't take those matters. So in order to help people along the way, people appreciate when they understand things better, they're more comfortable with them, and when they have a matter that is large enough for us to take on, they will come to us. And, and that's kind of the, the way we network and we share information. And then, you know, sometimes... 
maybe you and I aren't doing business because you already have a legal relationship, but we're here talking on the podcast today and you'll probably come on our podcast and there's different ways to help each other grow our business. So, and I think it's probably not true just with my partners. I think it's in my industry in general. There's a lot of lawyers that are like, hey, you know, why are you putting that out there? Why are you telling people how to do this? That never works. So we want to be the helpful law firm. We want people to know that we know what we're doing and when they want to use us, they can use us. I mean, there's a big movement in the legal profession in many states, including New Jersey, where they're talking about, and the Bar Association has written white papers on it, something called limited scope retainers, where people can come and hire you for, you know, just to draft the complaint. And you tell the judge this, Your Honor, I've only been hired just to draft the complaint and the clients representing themselves for the rest of it. And you're going to see a lot more of that going forward because of the fact that law is so expensive for the average person. So in that regard, we try and make things more accessible to people, help them understand things, which is what DIY legal is all about. It's not going to always be law. I have people coming on that I have a valuation expert coming on to talk about business owners. I have, we're talking about real estate. We're going to be talking about you know, if you buy a co-op and a condo and all the insurance issues you, you should know about and the traps that people have no clue till there's a fire in their unit and they realize they have no coverage because it hasn't been done properly. So we're doing a lot of that. And that's what, you know, DIY legal is really about. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. Now, before we get on to Accidental Entrepreneur, the podcast, offline you had mentioned to me the small monthly retainer concept yes. for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So one of the, let's call it a frustration that I've had with clients and with people that I've met is, and that's why I started The Accidental Entrepreneur also, is that if people would just talk to a lawyer before they do certain things... Uh, the age-old thing. <laughs> right. They probably wouldn't be having the problem that we're helping them with at that point. And we do have clients on retainer where they pay us a couple thousand dollars a month and we handle everything. And then if they have to go to court, there's a discounted on the hourly rate or so forth. But we're talking about, you know, the entrepreneur or the business owner that maybe doesn't have a lot of resources, but they need guidance. So for about $150 a month, I think it's actually $149 plus the processing fee, but something like that, for 30 minutes on a scheduled call every month, so it's similar to coaching, but you have a lawyer on the other end of the call, we talk to them about their business planning and their business needs. And sometimes it's our agenda. So we take them through a curriculum about writing a business plan and things like that. And sometimes they have pressing needs and we address it right there. And as part of that, we may give them a discount on other services that they need, but at least they now know they have a lawyer as opposed to, you know, people just call up and say, hey, uh, you know, Brian told me that he knows you, can you answer this question? Which from an ethics standpoint is always difficult, but you try and be as helpful as you can. So that's what our advisory program is about. And there's a lot of times startups, small businesses don't have the money to be able to deal with the issues that come up. I mean, forget about even the initial startup entrepreneurial part of it, but even a small business that's existing, it's working its way through things. And then there's, oh, we're going to, we have to renew our lease or we have to do. They have an employee issue, a couple of employees. 
And these employee issues, they may go to their cousin who is a general practice real estate attorney or whatever and may not be up on all the employment law stuff. Or his cousin may be at a large firm and they charge five, $600 an hour maybe. A small business can't necessarily absorb those costs. Right, and they try to go at it alone because of that, because of the cost. It's usually driving what their decision-making is. But the issue then is, you know, these are issues that shouldn't necessarily be dealt with alone. Right. And being a smaller firm, and I've joked around about it, but I could live off the scraps of the larger firms because, honestly, we can provide partner-level work, because we're all partners at the firm right now, who are entrepreneurial themselves who understand it and are able to, because we don't have the overhead of a larger firm, we have overhead, but not the overhead of larger firms, where we can actually work with the client a little more on rates and be a little more flexible on time. And, you know, maybe we can get stuff done quicker. or Maybe there's an alternative way we can come up with something that maybe a larger firm isn't thinking about, or it's just too expensive to exercise. Yeah. I think that a lot of times, if you just have a conversation with people ahead of time with their planning, it makes a lot of this stuff go away. So they come back later on when there's a problem and it becomes expensive. So if they're talking to us every month on this advisory program for a manageable fee, yeah. keeps us in front of them, keeps them in front of us, and we can kind of guide them, hey, you know, do you have a business plan? Do you have all these types of things? And that's really what the advisory program is designed to do. What's fascinating to me my team, my company's been around 17 years. When I look back to that first five years, which so many small business owners know that's that crucial period. Right. You got to get through that first five years. And I look back at those days, even frankly, the first 10 years and more, it's always the things I didn't know I didn't know, right? right. That's what it seems like we're talking about. That's the big value there is people may not know. Correct. You push their learning curve. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest problem. And it's an affordable way to have access to a professional team that will literally do nothing but support them. And we like to be the trusted advisor. I mean, you hear that buzzword all the time in networking and marketing and whatever. But from the legal profession and our position, we want to be the one to call. You have a mortgage issue. Let's go get a mortgage guy. I and mean, we have people we know we work with that mm-hmm. are yeah. excellent at what they do. We want to be the first line of defense. We want to be the first call. Yeah, top if of there's mind. an issue, if there's something going on in the business, if they're planning something and we can guide them before they take a step in a direction they can't get out step of. Step on a landmine. Right. Yeah. Well, I, Brian, I think the issue comes down to we deal with and we've dealt with hundreds of businesses. Right. A business owner may be doing this hopefully once in their lifetime if they're successful, but probably more than once. They're going to make mistakes, they're going to fail, and you learn a lot from failure, but you want to avoid those mistakes. And if you're dealing with, in our case, a group of professionals that have dealt with you know, hundreds of real estate transactions, hundreds of employee situations, collection work, you know, all of the business planning that we do, you can't replace that over a lifetime. You're going to make your mistakes and hopefully you get somewhere along the line. Like you said, five years is really the main mark because a lot of businesses don't make it past that. And we can push that learning curve. One of the reasons that I started the Accidental Entrepreneur and the advisory program and what we're doing is that it pains me to deal with business owners when they come to us and they are struggling or they're going out of business. And I ask them, well, let's take a look at your business plan, for example. And they look at me and say, well, I I don't have one of those. 
Well, that explains a lot of what's going on. So it's not that you're going to avoid all of your problems, but if you don't have some foresight as to what's going on with your business and your needs for capital in the short term and the kind of skills you're going to need to run this business and have you research the marketplace and what kind of marketing you're going to do. Do you even learn about all the social media things you can do to keep yourself top of mind like we try and do as a law firm? Sure. You can avoid a lot of these problems, but we constantly get people coming to us. This is after the fact. They got started, and you know what we're doing now? We're negotiating with their landlord because they got to shut down. We're dealing with an equipment leasing company, trying to get them out of that. And I can't fix now what should have been fixed, or maybe I can bring an investor in, but then I have a business plan. I think some people, I don't want to say most people, some people think, oh, I have a problem, I call a lawyer. Right. They're not proactive, you're saying. They're not proactive. Right. And, and we might say, look, again, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but entrepreneurs, business owners, they are people of action. They have to confront risk. And sometimes that mindset may be in play where I'm going down the road and I've got the Superman cape on. Right. Uh-oh, I've got to call Mitch. I've got to call Jonathan. So what's fascinating is I see a pattern here in our conversation which is about your expertise and about this diverse set of skills and services that you have at play, but it's emphasizing the support element. Correct. And, and this is what I think is really new and interesting and people should hear about. So tell me about The Accidental Entrepreneur, because this reminds me a little bit of the book, The E-Myth, right? Right. And Very I feel, good book, by the way. Oh, amazing. And I, it resonated with me because I feel it, it's talking about me. Right. I'm a guy coming in the media business. I have a background in music. I start this little video company because I love to do that stuff. Right. Then I, wait a second, I've got to be a business person. Right. And it took me a long time to ramp up those skills and... That's a whole nother story. Right. That'll be for our podcast. Yeah. Oh, boy. When you yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, tell us all the times that you messed up. Do you have yeah. enough time? <laughs> It'll be a double extended uh, That's session. right. Yes. Three-part series. <laughs> so tell me about The Accidental Entrepreneur. Okay. So I'm a big podcast person. I like to listen to podcasts. I listen to all kinds of stuff. So as I was delving into this world with the DIY legal thing, entrepreneurship is a big thing of mine. I love working with business owners. I, I've owned businesses, started businesses, different things over the years. And as I said before, I had been finding out that a lot of people, they succeed or fail completely on a whim. Like they just wing it. And I'm not suggesting you need a Harvard-based business plan with charts and graphs and 100 pages. You could just have a few pages written down with some notes and more of them fail than succeed. That's why. It's because they're not doing the kind of planning. So the name, The Accidental Entrepreneur, was not meant to infer that people become entrepreneurs by accident. They really don't. I mean, they might get downsized at work or they're dissatisfied or whatever. It's really that they succeed or fail completely by happenstance, which is one of the frustrations that we have when we meet with people. So the idea behind the podcast, and we're, we're lining up guests now, is to talk to people who have good stories to tell but also to share things with hopefully people that are listening who are entrepreneurs as to what kind of mistakes they made along the way, how they would do it differently, what would help them. And we're going to hopefully change the way entrepreneurs conduct themselves from the standpoint of recognizing that there are better ways to do things. You can improve your chances of success. And even like you said, if you have a business and you're doing everything yourself, you're not really an entrepreneur. You're just an employee of a company you also happen to own, which is kind of what E-Myth is about, <laughs> That's right? That's right, yeah. 
So a lot of that comes with planning and putting the right processes in place and learning about how you market your business and not thinking that you can do everything yourself. So that's what the Accidental Entrepreneur is about and is going to be about. We have our first episode coming out a couple of weeks, right? I think a couple of weeks. Actually, John and I do the first episode. Aha. Well, it's fascinating. I think it's a really valuable topic. You know, sometimes people ask me, what's it like running your own business? And I say, for me, it's been walking around in a room with the lights off you know, trying to sort of feel my way around. I know I'm in a room and I got to find my way around. Right. That's probably the service you'll do with the accidental entrepreneur. I hope. Shining a light on that stuff. And I think also the big issue is, listen, we can try to help a entrepreneur that's failing, try to minimize risk and do whatever. Hmm. But obviously for our point of view, there'd be a lot more legal work for us selfishly and potentially a lot more goodwill and referrals and getting out there if the business is successful and we're able to help them grow their business. Hey, that client is a success story. Now they're opening up all these other things or they're investing or they're, hey, now they've got a lot more money to deal with their estate planning. Yeah, they're not much of a client if they go out of business. Right. It's a one-shot deal generally. So you don't want the client who's run into the landmines. As a business, you're going to have more success with clients that are successful. Correct. You'd think that we want the problems because usually the legal fees are higher. But in the long run, that's not what happens. You want the clients to be successful, to continue to work with you, to stay in business, and that's our goal. Let's just push the curve a little bit so 50% of the businesses don't make it past two years and 80% or something don't make it past five years. We want to push that statistic down a bit. Yeah, amazing. Tell me where people can find out more information about all of this great stuff we've talked about? Well, our website is bindlaw.com, B-E-I-N-law.com, and we post everything on there. DIY Legal and The Accidental Entrepreneur are available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, I think those four. I think it's on Alexa, too, if you ask your Alexa to play. Oh, nice. At least The Accidental Entrepreneur. And right now, those are in introductory episodes, and then we got some real episodes coming out. Mm-hmm. You also, if you go to our website, you can subscribe to our email list, and we not only promote all this stuff, but they'll get some introductory information about the firm and what it does, and then they'll also hear about our, you know, we had just had some eBooks come out and all that type of stuff. You did some videos. Oh, we yeah. also have a YouTube channel, yeah, correct, yeah. thank you. Uh, it's called the Bind Law Channel, because we're Binegger Law Firm, and there's a few videos on there. Right now, the few that are out are about business planning, so I've been breaking down how to write a business plan in three or four sections. Really good. We're getting through that. People can always come to us. We have templates and stuff they can use to get going on a business plan. I think that's where you start, really. And maybe with a non-disclosure agreement. Jonathan and I have spoken about that, too. And um, that's probably the best way to interact with us. We're obviously on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can interact. And we try and create a community where people can interact with us and talk to us and be a part of what what we're doing and hopefully learn something along the way. And when the problem does come up or they're planning on doing something or they think they have an idea, hopefully sooner than later, they'll reach out and say, hey, I was thinking of doing this. Well, how do I get started? How do I form my company in New Jersey? I'm going to talk to somebody about my business. I'm afraid to talk about my idea. What do I do? And those types of things. Speaking of geography, your offices are based where? We're in Milburn, New Jersey. We work in certainly in New Jersey. We do some work in New York. And we'll do stuff in other jurisdictions on a, on a pro hoc basis if we have clients here that have other things going on in other states. Right. Makes sense. Well, fellas, thanks for joining me. We could talk for hours. And certainly if you want me to come in and talk on your podcast, I'd, I'd be happy to come in. 
you know, we probably left some things on the table. We're going to have to have you come back again. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to audio engineer J.P. Conk and senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.